Hello, welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. It's nice to have you with me today. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. There are links to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our YouTube channel, Google Play Music, and more. There's also pictures of the country that I speak about so much. Today's episode is called Prom. What prompted this episode is a lot of kids are not going to be able to participate in their junior senior prom this year because of the situation that's going on all over the world. It made me remember a couple proms I went to, our high school, it was always called the junior senior prom. And so you either had to be a junior or senior or your date had to be a junior or senior to be able to attend the prom. So starting out, let me talk about dancing. Even though I can't dance well, I've always loved to dance. When I was a little kid, I would dance around in the sprinklers in the summertime, the sprinklers, water in the yard. I'd run out there in my underwear. As I got older, maybe some swim trunks and run and dance and yell and scream and play with my brothers and with my sister and we'd all get wet. And It was always very cold. The water up in the mountains, just out of the tap, you don't even need ice cubes. It just comes out cold winter or summer. When I was in sixth grade, I learned how to dance. Basically, the waltz, the foxtrot, and the twist. Jana taught me how to dance there in recess at school. When it was 40 degrees below zero outside, you had two choices. You could go outside and play, or you could stay inside during recess and participate in dance. So I did once in a while stay inside and participate and learn to dance. It's not Jana's fault I don't dance well. As I got older, there were school dances like the homecoming dance, the sweetheart dance, and the prom. I love to dance around the house and in the shower to oldies. At weddings, I'm known for my rendition of the chicken dance. to be able to do the floss. I have several grandkids that can do the floss so great and I try to do it and they try to teach me and I cannot get the hang of it and it just looks so cool. I have one grandson that can do it so fast it makes everything a blur but several of them do it very well. They have a lot more rhythm than I do apparently. When I was a junior in high school prom was coming up and I didn't know who to ask. I had this friend, is one of my better friends in school all through from 7th grade till we graduated from high school, and he had a sister that was in the grade below us, and I always kind of had a crush on her. She was very pretty and tall, and never ever dreamed of ever asking her out because of my friendship with my buddy. But somehow, somewhere, I ended up asking her to the prom. Probably the way this came down is somehow she did not get a date 
And so my friend told me to ask his sister, or asked me to ask his sister. It didn't take much talking into. And so we had a date. Now, I was 16 years old, probably a month or less before my 17th birthday in my junior year of high school during prom time. And my date smoked cigarettes. You know, the cool girls back then smoked cigarettes. And I didn't smoke. I played football and thought I was an athlete. And just smoking was not on my radar. But all of a sudden it was. She smoked. So we were going to double date with this guy named Andy and his date. And so Andy, the day of prom, taught me how to smoke. It took hours. And I didn't inhale. But I thought it was cool walking around with a cigarette between my index finger and my big finger. Walking around, puffing on that sucker practiced all day. When my mother found out I was going to go to the prom, she said, Jim, I'd like to give you guys a after-prom party. We own this house outside of town. It's a huge, beautiful house, three stories tall, all log home, overlooking the Colorado River. Inside, there was the second floor, had an indoor balcony all the way around it. I remember at Christmas, we'd put about a 20 25-foot tree in there. We'd have to decorate it hanging off of that indoor balcony. Had fireplace in every room, bedrooms included. It was an old, beautiful home that we used for Christmas vacation and summer vacation. We'd stay out there. And Mom decided we'd go out there for that weekend and we'd have this after-prom party. Well, I had always imagined that I would go party with the party guys and girls. What they would do is they'd go find, if it was in the winter like April was up in the mountains, they'd find some cabin and break in and have a party. And I kept dragging my heels. My mom continued with her plans for having this party. I knew what she was going to do. She'd have food and soft drinks and games. And looking back, it would have been a real nice time. All I could think about is going up in the woods into one of those cabins with beer and smoking and all that stuff I really shouldn't have been doing. So I, yeah, 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 Mom. Did you invite everybody? Yeah, Mom. Yeah, yeah. I had no intention of going to that party or telling anybody it was happening. Well, after the dance, Andy and me and our dates, we went out, got directions to where they're going to have the big kegger, drove clear back in the woods, up in the mountains, back, back, Probably could have got lost if I wasn't familiar with that area. Came upon this cabin, and sure enough, they had broke in. People have cabins all throughout those mountains that nobody's there in the wintertime. They're summer cabins. Walked in, I remember smoke and beer, and it was cold because there was no heat on in the place. And it was a little bit miserable, and I wasn't going to let on that I was highly disappointed because my imagination had something else. So we stayed there for a while, and finally we decided this is not fun. So we decided to go, got in our car, and immediately, immediately, my date started saying, my stomach hurts, something's wrong. Within a half an hour, she was withering around in pain, screaming and crying. What am I going to do? What are we going to do? Well, if I'd had any sense at all, I would have driven to the hospital. Of course, a boy that's about to turn 17 with a girl they never could get a date with before, probably. The hospital was not on my radar. 
So we drove around. We went to where I lived, my home in town. Nobody was there because my family was out at what we called the ranch house. And I remember we carried her in and put her on my bed. And she was crying and all this stuff. What are we going to do, Andy? I don't know, Jim. You're driving. What should we do? I don't know, Andy. I don't know what to do. After about an hour of all this stuff, all of a sudden, she came walking out of the bedroom and said, I'm okay now. Well, my mind, I thought she didn't trust me. I'm not sure what she thought of me or what she thought I was capable of. I never ever saw myself as being an untrustworthy person. I guess we'll never know. All I know is all of a sudden she's okay and it's about 2 o'clock in the morning. So what are we going to do now? So we decided to go out to where my parents were. Went out there and the lights of the house were on. I walked in there and there was my mother. My dad was sitting back there. I don't think anybody was there. Tables full of food and drinks. The whole place very quiet. And my mom confronted me and says, Where were you? I thought we were having a party. I've planned this. I've been waiting. And so I said something smart like, Well, I never really agreed with it or something. Then she smelled my breath and smelled the alcohol on it. And next thing I know, my mother slapped me in the face. It stunned me at first. She had never slapped me in her entire life. I had gotten a couple spankings, and I remember one time she washed my mouth out with soap. That was an experience I never wanted to have again. But she had never reprimanded me in front of my friends and had never slapped me in her life. And I just stood there, and I looked at her, and I said, come on, guys, we're going. As she was yelling something at me, I was, we went out the door. I went, and we took the girls home, and I took Andy home. I just went to the house in town and went to bed. Looking back, I think I disappointed my mother very bad. I don't know what I was thinking, but I definitely was not honoring my mom. I was just so full of myself back then, I couldn't even tell reality from science fiction. I think she worked very hard on that party. Of course, she should have taken the reins and did the inviting and probably got a couple girls from my class to take over, making sure people were there. I know it would have been a lot more fun than where I had been. That party up there in the woods was not my crowd, even though I knew everybody there. It would have been my crowd there at my parents' ranch house. Just one more time, I let my mom down, and I didn't even know it. Now for a segment we call the Top 10 55 Years Ago. That is the Top 10 Pop Songs in 1965. Number 10, Stop in the Name of Love, The Supremes. Number 9, The Last Time, The Rolling Stones. Number 8, Silhouettes, Herman's Hermits. Number 7, by Gary Lewis and the Playboys, Count Me In. Number 6, Tired of Waiting for You, The Kinks. Number 5, I'll Never Find Another You, The Seekers. Number four, I'm telling you now, Freddie and the Dreamers. Number three, 
I know a place, Petula Clark. Number two, Game of Love, Wayne Fontana and the Mindbenders. And the number one song, Mrs. Brown, You've Got a Lovely Daughter, by Herman's Hermits. Herman's Hermits, two in the top ten. They're a great group. I bet they could dance. In my senior year, I had a date with my girlfriend from Denver area, and she's a very lovely, nice girl. But there was one problem with our relationship, and that was we had been going out for four or five months probably by then, and she was starting to talk about marriage. Well, as crazy and wild as I was, I knew that I could not get married, no matter how much I liked her. It would be a disaster. I knew it would never last. I was not mature enough, even a little bit. I knew that, and I wanted her to know that, and she just couldn't figure that out, no matter how much I tried to explain to her. And it was getting to the point that even her mother was speaking about marriage, and it was not jiving with my mojo, if that even makes any sense. So I really liked her, and we really got along, and her family seemed to like me, but I didn't even want to be married so I started really kind of started to question our relationship. Well, during my time of questioning our relationship, since she did live in Denver, which is an hour and a half away, I started taking out a girl that I went to high school with. Prom time came and I had a date with my girlfriend from Denver and what am I going to do? So I tried to pull the old being two places at the same time trick. That year, the dinner was out at an exclusive ranch outside of town, and you had to be either a junior or a senior from that school to be able to go there for dinner. So I couldn't take my girlfriend there for dinner anyway. So I took my new girlfriend from school, and we went to the dinner, and then I took her home, and then I went back home and picked up my date because she was staying with us for the weekend and we went to prom and at prom I would dance with her and then I'd say oh I've got to go get us a drink or something like that and I go sit with the girl from school and back and forth I went and back and forth I went and it was wearing me out and I couldn't hardly stand it and I didn't know what to do and the girl from school Marriage was the last thing on her mind, and the girl from Denver was, you know, wanting to know when I was going to buy her an engagement ring, and I was going crazy. I know it wasn't a very far place to go for me at that time in my life. Well, to make a very long, sad story shorter, the night of my high school graduation and my girlfriend from Denver came and we went for a very long ride, went in a big circle over a couple mountain passes and made it back home. By the time we got back to my home, we'd broken up. I took her back to Denver the next day and stopped by the girlfriend from school on the way home. And that lasted all of another month. At least I didn't have to get married. I didn't get married till I was 27 years old. By that time, I wondered if I had sowed so many bad seeds during my life with my relationships with the female population that maybe I was destined to wander the world alone. I've spoken of this before, but all of a sudden, 
I met this girl and she changed my life and now I've been married almost 43 years. Thank goodness. As much as I wouldn't have been a good husband at 18, I definitely wouldn't have been a good old bachelor at any age. Don't get me wrong, when I was 27 years old, marriage was the last thing I wanted. But I can't even imagine not being married at 67 years old. On our website at babyboomertales.com, there is a link says support our podcast and for as little as a dollar a month you can help keep us commercial free thank you for being here today i always appreciate it kindness is something that only comes from your heart but it's shown through your actions your words and your eyes i'll be back next wednesday